Well, hi everyone. Welcome back to our digital gathering today. My name is Philippa, if we haven't met before, and it's really great to be with you as we close off our Harbour of Hope series. I have absolutely loved being able to take a good chunk of time together to work through what I think is some of the most challenging parts of scripture. And it really has been challenging, hasn't it? So today I wanted to take some time to wrap up some of the thoughts that we've been confronted with over the last few weeks and to ask the question, what now? Well, so often it feels like the things we're confronted with in life make us sit back and ask that question, what now? Every one of us knows the experience over the last couple of years of life suddenly flipping on its head and having to reassess every part of how life works for us. Every time we speak, I don't always want to flip back to COVID and the effect it's had on all of us, but the reality is that it has had a huge impact on each of us in loads of different ways. I'm sure most of us can think back to watching Boris Johnson make that announcement from Downing Street that full lockdown was beginning and sitting back in our seat and thinking, what now? What on earth do we do now? And over the following weeks, we asked that question about a lot of things. You know, we can't get pasta or flour or toilet paper. What now? We have jobs to continue with. What now? The schools are closed. What now? The church buildings are closed. What now? So often in life, we find ourselves in situations that make us take stock and reevaluate how we will live our lives. And I wonder whether in the same way, the purpose of what James is saying in his letter to the church is you've heard about Jesus. You've heard about everything he said, everything he's done, the incredible miracles. You've seen that Jesus died so that we can have relationship with God, so that we don't need to worry about not being good enough. But what now? When we're confronted with Jesus, with the person of Jesus, with the act of Jesus, it can or it should make us ask the question, what now? And you know, the good thing about using the book of James to help us with that, as we've seen over these last few weeks, is that James doesn't beat about the bush. He doesn't sugarcoat it. So let's go back to chapter one, where we've landed a few times throughout this series. It says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, it's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. And James's message is that our response to everything we know of Jesus, everything we've seen him do, ought to be to act. Not just to listen to the word, not just to think about it or reflect on it or dwell on it, but to do what it says. And throughout this series, that's really been the heart of the message, hasn't it? Not just to merely listen, but to act. And I love the analogy that James gives us, that anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and then goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. When you hear the word of God, when we read scripture together, when we pray and the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we're faced with the reality of who we are. We're faced with our true identity, with our reflection. But James says, if that doesn't have any impact on our behaviour, it's like going away from the mirror and forgetting immediately who we are, immediately forgetting what our true reflection looks like. Jesus says something similar when he tells this famous story in Matthew chapter 7. 
He says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. You know, Jesus is saying that anyone who hears the word of God, anyone who's confronted with the reality of who Jesus is and what he's done and doesn't do anything, is like a foolish builder who takes no time to create solid foundations for his house and instead builds his life on shaky, unsure foundations that are bound to erode away very quickly when difficult times present themselves. You know, both of these analogies about putting the word of God into action speak about the core of our beings, our identities. Neither Jesus nor James are saying, here are a list of rules and behaviours to follow and if you tick them off, you'll be loved by God or saved by him. No, what they're talking about and challenging us on is that when we are confronted with the reality of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, it should challenge us to change right down to the core of our identity so that when we look in the mirror, we see someone looking back at us who looks like Jesus, so that we've built our whole lives on the solid foundation of Jesus's love for us. And when we change like that in our very core, in our very identity, of course our behaviour changes. Hey, I don't know if you've ever spoken to someone who's recently watched Cowspiracy or any of the other documentaries about the meat production industry. There are loads of them out there. I've had lots of conversations with people who've changed their whole lifestyle based on these documentaries. You know, they've become vegan or vegetarian or cut down their meat consumption massively. I even know people who've said they don't want to watch it because they don't want to stop eating meat as a result because they like bacon too much. You know, when we're confronted with the truth, it causes us to change our behaviour, sometimes down to the very core of who we are and how we live our lives. In the same way, what we've seen over the course of this series is that when we're confronted with the truth of who Jesus is, it changes our identity. It makes us new people. And here's a list of some of the types of things that we've spoken about over the last couple of months. What kind of people might you find in the Harbour of Hope? Well, you can find people who help each other to find joy, even in the midst of sufferings. You know, we're people who speak kindly to one another and who encourage each other and build each other up. The Harbour of Hope is full of people who relentlessly seek God's wisdom above the wisdom of the world and who submit to God's ways. We try our best to place God at the very centre of our lives. We trust God to change us and develop us through the trials that we face and we wait patiently for a time when he returns to make all things new. And in the meantime, we look out for each other, knowing that all of us might wander, but each of us can keep watch to make sure that we can draw people back in. That is how the church can act. And that is what it looks like in the harbour of hope. You know, these are the people that we're being changed into, that we have been changed into as our response to being confronted with the truth of the good news of Jesus. The New Testament writer Paul says in 2 Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. 
All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Let me pause there for a second. We are new creations, Paul says. Having been confronted with the truth of who Christ is and what he has done, we are now in Christ. And so our reflection in that mirror has changed. The foundation of the building of our lives is new and solid. We are a new creation. And Paul says it is God who's given this as a gift to us, that he's brought us together with himself through Christ. And then he goes on to say, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The gift of God is that we are reconciled to him. That means that we are fully attached to him through Christ because of what Christ has done. We are reconciled irreversibly to God and therefore We are new creations who act in new ways, which makes us ambassadors. We get to represent Christ in the world. And Paul says it's as though God were making his appeal through us. God's using us the way we've been changed to show who he is to the world. We get to become the very righteousness of God. We get to show the world just how good and gracious and kind God really is. So this is about way more than doing things, way more than finding good things to do so that we can somehow be good Christians. This is about being changed from the inside out, changed in our very identity, the very core of who we are by being reconciled to God, that we might be an ambassador in the world for Christ, that others might come into the harbour of hope to seek refuge and find a whole bunch of people who look and sound and smell like Jesus. These are not just things that we do. These are people we're becoming. This is a community that we are becoming. So I wanted to leave us with a challenge today as we close this Harbour of Hope series. Do you need to be confronted with the truth of who Christ is? Do you need to be reconciled to God? Or just like avoiding watching the vegan documentaries, Have you been holding back because you know it might just force you to change your life? Well, let me encourage you that being reconciled to God, being his ambassadors in the world is the best thing you can do with your life. Accepting him and knowing that he will grow you and change you more into the person you ever knew you were going to be. And being called as a force for good in a broken world, being called to be the very goodness of God to those around you is the best thing in the world. And for those of us who are already following Jesus, who are already playing our part in the harbour of hope, I want to challenge us too, to look back over the series and to take seriously the ways that God has been calling us to change and grow. You know, maybe God's spoken to you about speaking with more encouragement or helping others to find joy. Maybe God's calling you to push into putting him at the centre of your life and to seek his wisdom. You know, whatever it is, let's take seriously what God has been saying to us knowing and trusting him that he's changing us more into a harbour of hope where people might encounter us 
and come into contact with the goodness of God. Let's pray. God, we want to be reconciled to you. We thank you, Jesus, for being with us, for loving us, for dying for us. Jesus, would you keep changing us and growing us to be people more like you? Lord, that people might encounter us and when they do, that they might be encountering your goodness in us. Holy Spirit, would you come now and help us to be your ambassadors in the world? We love you, Lord. Amen.